Hey, good morning. If you're here in the room, you're joining us online, we're really glad that you're here. I'm Charlie, uh, the lead pastor here, and glad you are worshiping at the Grove today. Um, a few weeks ago, my wife and I were watching this show called The Dropout. I don't know if any of you have seen it, it's on Hulu. And in the first episode, kind of the setup, and I'm not going to give any spoilers or hear anything, anything like that, but it's like, it's this young girl who wants to really make this difference in the world. She has this idea for this medical product, and so she's going to change the world with it. And you can tell pretty quickly that there's something, something wrong with her and her, her plan, right? Things start to go weird. And I'm really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the first episode. And about midway through the second episode, I paused it and I looked at Heidi and I said, wait, this is a real story? And she's like, yeah, did you not know about it? It was like in the news. I guess apparently I'm watching the wrong news. I'm like, no, I had no idea. And immediately I stopped enjoying the show. I immediately stopped. And this is a phrase that I use a lot watching the show. I'm like, it's starting to make my tummy hurt. It's making my tummy, it's making my tummy, it's making my tummy hurt. Like this is, like, this is real. Like she, there's a, a, she, she did this? This is for real? And then I start, I start feeling sorry for the person. Like, this is a real person. I can't, like, root for bad things to happen to the bad guys or good. Like, like, these, are, these are real people. It starts to make some, I, 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 mm, it, just, it, it unsettles me, right? And, 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 and then there are these other shows that aren't necessarily based on a true story, but they're very realistic, and people tell me I'm going to love them. And I'm, about to, I'm about to knock on a couple of your favorite shows. It's too bad. It's like, oh, Charlie, have you seen Parenthood? And like, mm, I watched like 10 minutes of that and I was completely out. Like, oh, it's so good. Oh yeah, man. I love watching marriages fall apart and people make terrible decisions and ruin their life. It's great. What a great show, right? Oh, bro, bro. But have you seen This Is Us? Yeah, I mean like three minutes into that. Oh man, nothing like tragedy to make the world just, oh, that's definitely why I'm watching TV, to watch other people experience tragedy. Like, no, no. I, want, I mean like, I mean... Superheroes and lightsabers and unrealistic scenario. Like they, I mean, unrealistic, right? It's like, I'm trying to get away. So I came home the other day and I'd been out that night and Heidi was watching something. What are you watching? He's like, oh, it's based on a true story. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to. Okay, great. You just, you just keep on watching. And here's the thing that actually has happened a lot lately. Uh, apparently, there's a podcast and, I, and, and, and I've kept up with it. 21 different people have come up to me and said, have you listened to that Mars Hill Church podcast? Now, if you don't know what it is, keep not knowing. But it is, it's a podcast about a pastor who in the, who in the Northwest who uh, got really big there for a while and it turned out he was just not a good person and just made a lot of bad decisions and kind of, and it was just, just bad. And like, have you listened? Like, no, no, I have not listened to that. Like, why am I going to listen to podcasts about, like, I was, I was angry about him before the podcast. Like, I knew about it. Like, it was obvious to me. And I was like, why would I want to listen to a podcast about the thing that probably makes me the most angry in the world? Like, it's one of the most discouraging things here when high-profile Christians, high-profile pastors do something to embarrass all of us. It is just, it, 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 it frustrates me. Not only is it really discouraging to me, but it's kind of a secondhand deal where I feel like, because I see how often it is discouraging really for, for all of us. It is one of those things when someone who says that they represent Jesus says or does something, it's just one of those things like it gets shared around the internet and you say, hey, see, here they are again, hypocrites, just like they all are. And it, and it, and it, it can be really discouraging and I see it not only isolating people who are far from faith, but also taking people who are in the faith and just kind of slowly discouraging them. 
And I, and I don't know about you, just put all those things together. I mean, can we just not agree? The world is real enough. I, got, I, got, I, I need less real, right? Just already, it's already too much. And I don't know about you, kind of what's discouraging you for different, different things for different people. I mean, COVID certainly has had a discouraging kind of drifting effect on a lot of us as far as kind of our, our passion and commitment to, to, to faith or to really kind of a lot of good things in our life. Or it may just be a circumstance in your family, your, your, your extended family. Um, I talk about this a lot. I mean, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of hate in the world, a lot of division, a lot of people just saying and doing. And there's, there's, it's just a lot. There's a lot going on out there. And are we allowing that to move us forward towards God or drift away from him? Now, if you've been around, we're in the middle of a book called Second Timothy. We're kind of working our way through it. We're about done now. And we're at the end here of chapter three, but to kind of make sure everybody remembers and kind of is on the same page as far as what we're talking about. Second Timothy was written by a guy named Paul, who's kind of this very well-known missionary and had, was spreading... Um, you know, spreading the gospel, telling people about Jesus, especially in non-Jewish areas and non-Jewish people. It was establishing all these churches and they would often leave one of his protégés there to kind of take over and kind of lead the church and he would go to the next town to do the missionary stuff some more. And Timothy is one of these guys. He's a younger guy, protégé. He's kind of in Ephesus, kind of pastoring this church that Paul had planted. So Paul's still kind of his mentor and kind of keep in touch with him. Now we're getting towards the end of Paul's life and Paul's now been arrested again and it's pretty evident that he's about to be executed. And so there's just been a greater persecution of Christians, arrests and, and, and executions of Christians. That's just kind of a real scary, discouraging thing. And at the same time, all of that's going on and Timothy's scared about that and what's happening to Paul and what might happen to him. At the same time as that, there's these false teachers that are kind of running around in the church that are discouraging people in their faith, which is very obviously very discouraging to Timothy, who's the, who's the pastor there. And we talked about these people a little bit last week, kind of one of their things is like, they, what they say, it sounds churchy, sounds godly, but it denies the real power of the gospel. The power of the gospel that, that life and hope is found in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's how I find forgiveness. That's where I find hope. I find life that they just kind of talk godly talk, but don't really understand the power of the gospel. And so Paul's kind of continuing with that today. This is the second part of Second Timothy chapter three, we're continuing to kind of talk about the circumstances that surround Timothy and, and how he's allowing that to discourage him and how he needs to move forward. So we're going to look at this passage and it's, it's kind of a little sandwich here. We're going to look at this verse in the middle first, because it kind of is like Paul, Paul giving a description of his circumstances. Like, Hey, I need you to be like this because this is true. I need you to be like this. So he's going to say the same thing twice here and and here's the reason why. So we're actually going to start in the middle and then kind of work our way out. All right. Second Timothy uh, chapter three, verse 12 and 13. Paul says this. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So everyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted while evildoers 
and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, this is a really interesting thing for Paul to say, because what I just said to you was there's really kind of two things that are discouraging Timothy at this moment. One is the fear of how persecution that's happening to Paul and other people might ultimately hit home with him and how these deceivers and imposters in his church are causing a lot of problems. These are the two things that, that he said are really discouraging to him right now and Paul's trying to address. And here's how Paul addressed it. Hey, let me tell you something. One, anybody who's trying to live life for Jesus is gonna be persecuted and the people that you're upset about, they're only gonna get worse. Now, I don't know. I mean, there's sp- different spiritual gifts. People have different gifts. Some people have spiritual gift of encouragement. I don't know if your brother's trying to encourage him. Hey, guess what? All these things you're worried about, they're only gonna get worse. I mean, that, that's, that's troubling, and we'll, and we'll say it this way. I mean, we think about the circumstances in our life. Some of the circumstances are only going to get worse. Now, that's not a great, that's not a great thing to say. I don't, I don't enjoy saying it. I didn't really even like the phrasing of that. But like, I like the more natural phrasings of that just made it even sound worse. Man, people, they're going to get even worse and bad things are going to happen to you. Like, oh, let's put that on the screen. It's like, but it's like, here's the thing. It's like, we, we've got these circumstances in our life and we're, and we're waiting for them to change. And when these things in my life change, then I can make good decisions moving forward. But this has got to change. And Timothy's like, man, there's so much persecution. There's these bad teachers. Like, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, all that, that's just going to get worse. While it's not necessarily, I would say, encouraging, the thing that it is is that it is real. And that's the thing that I think that I appreciate about it. Paul's not hiding truth from him. He's not saying something. This is, hey, this is kind of real. And um, this is going to have to be a fact that you're just going to have to put together. You're just going to you're just gonna have to solidify this in your mind and learn to kind of cope with it instead of waiting for your circumstances to change. There's a conversation that I'll often have with, um, with parents of really young kids, especially toddlers. I have parents get a toddler and, and um, you know, They'll have the story that just about everybody has who's ever had a kid. You know, they're pumping something in the air there in Walmart that makes a toddler go, you know what, now's a great time to show my worst self, right? I take them down the candy aisle. They're swiping everything in. You don't give them the one thing that they see. They start screaming. And now you've got a decision to make, and everybody's been in this, where you just kind of like, am, am, am I going to abandon this cart? I'm just going to have to abandon this cart, put this thing under my arm and just get out of here with this because I can't, I can't be in public with this anymore. There's a reason for this, right? They're, they're, toddlers are very aggressive and, and, and they, are, they are testing. You say, oh, you got rules, huh? You got rules? You got rules? Oh, let me see if you'll, you got rules now, all these people around here in Walmart. You got rules? You going to enforce them? They're testing you. And, it's, and it's, it's a lot, and it feels very relentless. And parents will come to me as the old guy, and they'll be like, just tell me it gets better. <laughs> and I'll awkwardly pause for a second. A little unhelpful smirk will show up on my mouth. And like, I'm afraid I can't tell you that. The only thing that's about to happen is they're going to get better at this, and their vocabulary is going to get more extensive. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really, that's really, that's that, though it's not going to get better. I mean, you're going to, you're going to yearn. You're going to remember, I remember the glory days when my, when the worst thing that would happen is sometimes you would shout no at me in Walmart. Those were, those were good days. Anyways, but 
I, I am old enough now to be able to tell you it does eventually get better. But if you got a toddler, it's not for a long time. And, and so, so what are you going to do with that? If that's true, if that's true, and I've got this one-year-old, this two-year-old, this three-year-old, four-year-old, whatever, i got the teenager, and it's, and, it, and, it's, and it's not going well, and circumstances are tough, what am I going to do? Am I going to allow this to move me off of the calling that I have to be a great parent? Am I going to allow this to discourage me? Am I going to allow this to make me just kind of hide, just kind of let them take over, right? Am, 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 I, am I going to get angry? Am I going to get bitter? Am I going to stop being a parent? Of course not. I'm going to continue. This is too great, too important of a mission, of a calling in my life to allow the fact that the circumstances around it are going. I can't allow that to keep me from moving forward. And this is what Paul is saying to Timothy. I get it. You've got a lot of reasons to be discouraged by your faith. Persecution is a scary thing, but it's inevitable. Um, false teachers around, yeah, that's discouraging too. But that is only going to get worse. And too often when we have these kinds of circumstances in our life, we either allow them to kind of just make us drift into kind of mediocrity or we become really bitter inwardly. But Paul has a different idea for Timothy. Again, let's look at the whole passage starting in verse 10, 2 Timothy chapter 3. You, however... You know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance. You know all these things about me. You've been there. You heard all these things I got to say. You know who I am. You know what I've taught. You know the truth and you know the reality of God's truth in my life. You know all of these things. But you also know my persecutions and sufferings, the kinds of things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet... The Lord rescued me from all of them. You know about these things. You know about what God has done in my life, about the truth and how even in the worst circumstances, God has always been present there. You know this. You know about these persecutions. In fact, verse 12, here's the thing you need to understand. This is where we already looked at this. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Let's slow down here a little bit. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Yes, people are going to go from bad to worse. Yes, persecution, bad things, difficult circumstances, trials, all of these things are gonna be a reality for you. But as for you, you keep going. You continue in the thing that you know. You know the path of life. You've, you've seen it in me. You've seen what God has done in the worst. You know. And so even though all these circumstances are going to get worse, but as for you, you continue. You continue in what you've learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Yeah, there are going to be some things in your life that are only going to get worse but as for you, keep going. 
But that's for you to just keep going. Life is found in Jesus. The answer, the answers that you crave, how you are supposed to live, what life is supposed to be about, spiritual health, personal health, your mission, your real purpose, all of this is found in Jesus. Yeah, okay, there's going to be some times you're going to stand up for Jesus and you're going to feel a measure of persecution. I'm always hesitant in first world America to kind of say, and you know, and that's true of everybody here. Because when I, when I, when I give examples of kind of how people here experience a measure of persecution, it really kind of, I mean, Paul's about to be executed and things like this still happen on the other side of the world. I don't want to compare what we go through to that. But I think we can, on some level, we can say, man, if I were to boldly stand up for Jesus, that there'd be some problems that would come from that. Again, we've kind of talked about this because we are by association um, associating ourselves with some really some bad actors out there in the world. It happens to me a couple of times a week where somebody mostly kidding or just so be aware is like, hey, did you hear about this? And it'll be some excerpt from some sermon or somebody said something. And it's just like, and it's just like, it's just, there's always something, right? It's not, let's just say it this way. It's just not easy. It's not easy to say that I'm going to boldly follow Jesus. That's true. And there's, there's going to be people around, these deceivers, the people are going to get from, go from bad to worse. There's all of these circumstantial reasons why it would seem like, what is even the point? To just kind of get discouraged, to get bitter, and to allow yourself to drift away. And again, COVID was a great example of that. COVID was a, was a great example. It was just like, you know, it was, it was two weeks, then it was a month, then it was two months, and then it was just like, eventually it was just like, we kept waiting for something to happen. And it, and it was, it's going to get better, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. It's gonna get better. Hey, Charlie, that's not a great example because eventually it did, didn't it? I mean, th- things, are, things are better now. Well, the reason it's a great example because I think a, way, a whole lot of us did a lot of drifting in that two years. We kept waiting, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make good decisions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna, I'm, I, but, but things, things are just weird right now. And you think that I can ju- I'm just gonna wait this out And when it's done, I'm going to be back in the exact same spot I was before. But you find yourself just kind of drifting away and you may not even know it. I see it everywhere. People, while they were waiting for circumstances to get better, woke up one day and there was some place they didn't want to be. And now that it's technically over, some of us still aren't back. We lost it. We lost something A lot of us have lost something over the last couple of years, the real passion and commitment and dedication to be who God has called us to be. I made a decision actually pretty early on, like right when this happened, I could see what was, I I, I could kind of see a little bit, like this is going to be a really difficult time. And I made a decision at the very beginning of that, that I was going to actually, instead of hang, you know, staying at home, eating more cookies that I was going to start exercising. I was going to try to lose weight. Depending on how long you've known me, you either know this or you don't. You may only know me like this, but I am a weight fluctuator. I always have been. It's been a struggle for me my whole life. 
And um, I made a decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be committed to this. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to stay physically healthy. It's, it's kind of a sign to kind of keep moving forward. And, I did, and I, did a, I did a great job all the way up until the point several months later when I, I got COVID. And that's just not a great, I, I couldn't exercise. I couldn't exercise for a while, actually. I was, and and I, allowed, I allowed that to, get, to discourage me. And then I started eating worse and worse and worse until finally, like all of a sudden, I was just not in a good place. And it's really interesting when you're not in a good place, how it just seems like all circumstances are kind of bad. Like everything just seems more stressful now. Everything in my life just seemed more stressful. And I was allowing myself to get discouraged. I was like, man, I got I to gotta change this. I got to change my eating and exercise. I got to do it. But I got to wait. I just kept having to wait. I got to wait until, until things just kind of settle down in some other areas. And then they don't, and then they don't, and then they don't, and they don't. And then you find some place you never thought you, were ever, you would ever be. And this is what we do with our spiritual life. Just a little bit of discouragement, a little bit of something to kind of pull us away. And then everything just starts to seem a little bit more stressful. And then we're going to get back to church and we're going to get back into the good habits. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to get back into it once things kind of settle down. And the things, they honestly, they don't settle down. And really the only way for them to settle down is for your attitude about them to settle down, your perspective and your, where you're looking for hope in life in the first place. I'm looking for hope in life in my circumstances to settle down. They're not ever going to settle down. But if I look for hope and life in the person of Jesus then the circumstances, elevated or not, it don't matter. Because I'm finding hope in life where I'm supposed to be looking in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah, persecution's gonna happen. Timothy, yeah. Deceivers, and they're gonna be around. In fact, they're just gonna go from bad to worse. But as for you, you keep going verse 15, he says, you know, because you, you know, you know the things you know, you know things you've learned and how from a, just a little kid you've known the scriptures. And then he says this in verse 16. And all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So things are going to go from bad to worse. Your circumstances may or may not improve. Some circumstances may, in fact, just only get worse. But you, but you, you keep going. You keep going and being the person that God has called you to be. You keep looking for hope and life in the person of Jesus, in the gospel. You keep doing that. And then Paul says this, and this is how you do it. You keep going. You keep going by trusting the scripture. By put, by, that's where this is found. That is where you're, if you're going to stay grounded in a world that is chaotic and seems to only be getting more chaotic, Timothy, you know what you know. You know where you heard it and you know the scriptures. And let's, let me remind you about the scriptures. Now, this is absolutely verse 16 and 17. These are two of my favorite verses. I could give a sermon just on these two verses. 
I could do a series of sermon on it. It's, it's great. And, and to just kind of, the, we have a podcast. We did one of our episodes on the podcast. We were talking about the, the scriptures. We just spent, I just spent a lot of time just talking about that. I encourage you to find it, find out anywhere. It's called our, the Grove Church Cultivate Podcast. Love for you to, to check that out. But I wanted to be faithful, make sure we kind of cover this whole big idea that he's talking about here, because he's really kind of giving Timothy some encouragement, some big picture encouragement about how to not allow circumstances to get the best of you, but how to stay focused. And so he's talking about the scripture. So we're talking about this a little bit, but that mostly I want to focus on kind of how Paul wants him to apply this. But there is one just golden nugget of theology that I can't, I can't, I can't just not say, because say, so the first thing he says, well, he's talking about the Bible, he's talking about scripture. He says, all scripture is God breathed. That it may, your translation may be something different, but in NIV it says God breathed. Now, we think we can all agree that's not a word, right? That's just not a word. That, that is a made up word. And in fact, if that's what you think, that's a made up word, you would be right. That is a made up word. Paul made this word up. It's a little bit like the first person that was like, hey, I got this great business idea. We're gonna have this, we're gonna have like these, like, like this water and this soap deal. And it's gonna be a place where we can wash cars. Bro, what do you think we should call it? Car wash. Just put it, somebody, somebody made up that word. That's not a word. Let's just put it together. It's actually a fairly intuitive word. You're gonna go to the car. No one has to explain. What's a, what's a car wash? You don't know what a car wash is, even though it's a made up word, right? Car wash. God breathed. So Paul makes this word up. And very often it's translated in some, but since it's a made up word, we don't know what that means. We're going to say, we're going to say inspired by God, which is, which is perfectly fine. But he actually did. He took two Greek words, the Greek word for God and the Greek word for breath and put it together and made up a word. But if I were to say to you, the Bible is inspired by God, a lot of different ideas might come into your head. It's like, well, I mean, what does that mean? It's like, like he thought of God and was inspired to write, Right. Like a, like, a, like, like, a, like a poet looks out at a beautiful landscape and is inspired to write something, is inspired by God? Is it inspiring? There's a lot of different contexts. But if I were to say to you that is God breathed, it comes from God's breath. There's some, I think, some very specific imagery that Paul is trying to communicate to us. One is source. It is his breath. It, it comes from him. It was in him and came out. This is where scripture came from. All scripture is, comes from inside of God. It is source in God. But it is a little more than that because I think there is an intentional comparison to like the very first time when God's breath is referenced. Now, I'm even familiar with this story, but when God creates the very first person, Adam, he kind of creates the body first and it says, and then God breathed into him and he became alive. So I think when, when, when Paul says that the scripture is God breathed, he's talking about it comes from, it is sourced in who God is, but it also has life in it because of it. And he comes to Timothy and says, you want to stay grounded. You want to stay on the path that God has called you to. You need to make sure that you remember that scripture is sourced. It is, it is God breathed. He could have said, you know, he could have said any number of things, but he put it together like that. And then he says this, so that you could be, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I got this picture here. This is an illustration that I, that I, that I want to show you. Because I think what Paul's describing here is, like, hey, you can be equipped for every good work. 
Like there's a path that God is calling all of us to live on. This is the way that you are supposed to live. This is how God has called you to live. And what Paul is saying is that the, 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 the scripture that is sourced in God, it is profitable to help you walk this path. And you could say to me, well, I don't even know. I don't even know. What am I supposed to do? What does God want from me? Well, the scriptures are designed to teach you, to tell you what God wants for you. Well, but sometimes I might, I might get, how will I know if I'm doing the wrong thing? Well, the scriptures are designed to rebuke you, not necessarily anybody's favorite thing that God does, but to tell you, hey, not that, don't do that. But once, once I get wrong, how, do, how, how am I gonna find my way back? How do I know, know what I'm, how, how to get back? Correcting. And if you've ever been in a rebuking, correcting cycle with God, where you're doing something dumb and he's like, no, not that, get back. It's like, well, I want to avoid that. How can I stay on the path? Well, the scripture can train you and how to stay. All of the real questions we have about life, what does God want from me? How do I know if I get off? How do I get back to him? How can I stay with him? Paul says, everything that you need to walk down the path and live the life that God has called each and every one of us to, the answers to these things, they're found in the scripture. That is where hope and life and direction are found. And too many of us have allowed the circumstances of our life, the last few months, the last couple of years, allowed us to drift away from really our best habits, our best practices in really allowing the scripture to ground us in what we're supposed to be doing and who we're supposed to be. So I think it is incredibly important for us to kind of wake up to some of that, to the fact that we've been kind of drifting. And I'm just going to recommit. I'm just going to recommit. I'm going to recommit that I'm going to make Sunday morning a priority to allow, to be able to be in this environment to be able to hear teaching from God's word every week. I'm going to recommit myself to the idea of being in a small group so that I can be around a group of people where we're discussing and interacting about what God's word says together. And I'm going to recommit myself to the idea of reading his word on my own. And I'm not gonna allow the circumstances to dictate when I'm going to do that. In fact, if anything, the circumstances, the negative circumstances in my life, the discouragement in my life dictates that I must do it now. And for some of you, you may not be recommitting to anything. It's like, I don't know if I've ever done those things. And it is the, it is the, it is the, the, the craziness of your circumstances that has brought you here today. And what I want to say to you is, I hope that as circumstances continue to be whatever they are, that you allow the truth of the gospel, that Jesus Christ died for you. And the answers that we can have and the discovery of that and the answers to life that we can find in the scripture, that we will allow the gospel and God's word to ground us. And that no matter what seems to be going on around me, I know that God loves me because he sent his son and I know what he has for me because I'm in his word. And I am no longer going to allow the things that are going on out there to allow me to drift or to escape into bitterness 
but I'm going to recommit my heart and my life to finding the truth and where life is found, which is in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you for these awesome people. And God, it has. It's just been for all of us. It's just been hard. And for some of us, it really has. It, is, it has pushed us into your arms and, more, you know, and, and pursuing you in ways that we hadn't before. For a lot of us, it, is, it has discouraged us. But God, I pray that when we think about the difficult things that are going on in us and around us, that we would not allow those things to distract us, to pull us away, to make us drift away from you. But we would recommit, double down, and even more so recognize how important it is for us to stay connected to you, to your son, to the gospel, and to your word. And so God, I pray that we would just Make that commitment today. And as always, we are thankful for your son who makes all this possible. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.